All right, everybody, welcome back to The Grit Show. I'm James Lawrence, the Iron Cowboy, always here with my man, Tyrell Gray, the camo cowboy. Glad to be uh, back, man. Yeah, I love it. You're, uh, dude, you're out. You just brought me some some meat dude i gotta tell me the story yeah you're just a supplement like like, i'm not out running with you i just bring you meat you just bring me you you fuel you fuel (laughs) you fuel fuel the run so tell 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 me what you you go hunting with your boys you guys just run an adventure what was it yeah so we just got back uh for thanksgiving took my kids to to texas kind of an annual tradition yeah Yeah, an annual tradition it's something like fun we love outdoors and my uh my 10 year old i actually love this story he's a huge iron cowboy fan obviously Yeah, yeah And uh, we're going to share a few stories about your kids today. And uh, he harvested an antelope. It's an Indian antelope called a Nilgay. And he was so excited because it's the leanest meat in the animal kingdom. And he's like, oh, Uncle James is going to love this. (laughs) He's like, you got to take him some. So, yeah. Brought me some some steaks, some ground, some ground uh, beef and some sausage today. So we're going to we're going to barbecue those up. We should probably have you guys over in the holidays and enjoy those. Guys, uh, yeah, you know, as you know, most of you have followed my journey, and um, by now you know we did a project called the Conquer 100 Project that I was involved in, uh, pretty heavily. And the reality is, I is, think you were there every day. I think I was. I think I was there 100 days. <laughs> I'm trying to remember, but I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I, I I attended all of them. Every event. Every every one of them. I guess that's the point in consecutive, right? You, you have to <laughs> yeah. be. You have to be there yeah, you every show day. Tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, you got to. Sure. Yeah, you got to keep showing up. Um, but the reality is, is in order to do something of that magnitude, um, one, it takes a lot of grit, a lot of discipline, um, takes a huge team. And um, I had to go somewhere very special um, in my mind and, and outside of my body in order to accomplish this. And I'm, I'm really excited about the guests that I'm bringing on today or that we have an opportunity to talk to two individuals that really benefited my life benefited the journey and at no point in time put their hand out and said yo what's in this for me and that type of character is something that i find is very rare rare. almost non-existent non-existent nowadays nowadays, where they just want to see other individuals win and um, i'm very proud to call them friends now and it's uh, my two two friends danny and bart welcome to the show guys welcome on thanks for having us Absolutely. Absolutely. And actually they've got their own, uh, own thing going that we're going to get into and talk about that. But one first wanted to express my extreme gratitude for you guys doing this. And I almost am going to be a fly on the wall for this one, because you guys have a unique perspective. Um, And with me not remembering a lot of it, um, but we just kind of wanted to have a conversation on what that kind of looked like. So Bart, you were, you were there on, on day one, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. And, and what, what's, what's special about Bart was, um, and I, and I was so hyper-focused and I was in my own lane. I, I had no idea who was there on what days. And by the end of this thing, after it all shook out, Bart ended up doing all hundred 2.4 mile swims. And, and again, remind me of the number. I know we just said it. How many of the full, the full distances did you do Bart? I did 18 of the full triathlons with you. Ridiculous. Yeah. yeah you so, know, only worse than doing 100 is doing 18. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's got to be a close second. And, and, you know, what's even more impressive about that is uh, he didn't he didn't train for it. He didn't have the intention to do it. Um, and, and this is exactly why I do what I do and the team does what it does is because our biggest dream and desire is to bring out the best in other people and have them do things that is completely unexpected, something they they never even thought that they would do or had planned on doing. And because of the association, they just end up doing it and being great. And that's really how the term, the grit show showed up because we, we started to witness people just suffer an unwillingness to quit. And we, we, we welcomed them to the grit show as, as they were doing it. And so more than once Bart and Danny got to be hosts uh yeah, co- co-captains of of the grit show and and we're going to end up diving really deep into both of your journeys um and we'll we'll shift real quickly to you Danny what day did you pop onto the run course my first day uh, just popping out there was day 3 day 3 and the way that we or Danny got to know our story is his wife and wingman Aaron's wife um, they worked in the same dental office. Mm-hmm. And so Danny caught wind of our story and 
And from my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, you just wanted to come out and see kind of what was happening, uh, what we were doing. You you understood we'd done something great and we were possibly on the cusp of doing something greater. And and as I know you now, you, you continue to impress me um, because you're young. You're, you're in your, what, 24, 25? Mm-hmm, 24. Yeah, and and to 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 meet you and and know you now, um, the just the drive and curiosity that you have impresses me. And so you showed up on on day three, and you you know from my perspective, you were just this real quiet, submissive in the background character um, that we. It was like we were dating, and we, or it's like we were set up. Man, on this, this, is, this is a different podcast. This I is think. a different podcast. <laughs> but it's but it's like we were set up on this blind date, and we were like it was awkward a little bit, and you were in the distance, and I kind of said hi, and it was this kind of like you gave me this real um, sincere respect um, that I appreciated because you were like, hey, I'm here, but I'm not here. I'm just here to observe. And over the course of the journey you became a very important person to this role and you showed up every single day. In fact, you, you didn't respond to my text the other day, but I sent you a picture of where you met me every single day. I don't know if it didn't come through. And I said, I miss seeing you here because every morning right now I'm, I'm doing a walk outside. I clear my head and I walk on the same trail. And I took a picture of that. I sent it to you and I, I said, I just miss seeing you here. And, and over the course of the, the hundred days, you became instrumental and and just you you would show up every single morning and helped us in the swim and you would show up every single night and do that last lap and finish with me which i can't express how much that means means to me and in fact on a very important day of the journey um you were driving the subaru support vehicle and you're probably one of only two people that saw the crash on day 59 you mm-hmm. had a front row seat to that experience and that's that you're the only one that has that perspective of seeing that from from that view and that angle so we want to get into that too so um i'm going to let tyrell ask a couple questions um and and we'll just see where this goes but i just kind of want to dive into your guys's experience in the hundred why ultimately you guys decided to to support at the level that you did uh, what was the the driving force behind that? And then some of your experiences, Bart, you did so many of those single days. And I remember early on, and then Danny, you ended up doing multiple fulls with me. You had never, I mean, I remember early that year, your goal was to do a marathon mm-hmm. and, and slowly by being around us and in our culture, I started to convince you that, that you, you could do this. You could do one with us. And then you ended up doing one and a double and you had some crazy experiences on the bike. So so let's let's jump in right there, um, Bart. Like, like absolutely amazed by you. Um, James has been one of my closest friends forever, so I met you for the first time on the trail, and I was actually just blown away um, that you. I'm not a good swimmer, and so the thought of swimming two in a row makes me want to throw up. And you did it every day. Like, just walk us through maybe a real quick history. What, what kind of got you that mindset, that grit, that determination? That you're like, hey, I like what's going on here, and I'm going to show up and just be a part. Like I was, I'm just blown away by that. Yeah. So my history is in triathlon in 2018. I did my very first full Ironman race. And what's funny about it, looking back on 2018, it took me a full year during 2017 to 2018 to mentally and physically prepare to do a full Ironman. And it kicked my butt out there on the course, but which one did you do? Where were you at? uh, Santa Rosa, California. Perfect. And I hit a point where I thought, man, I've hit the pinnacle of the sport. I've done the most I can. So I just kind of laid off a triathlon after that, kind of got into CrossFit. I was running a little bit, but I didn't swim or bike for nearly two years. Ended up injuring my back in CrossFit and basically thought my whole athletic life was over. And it was really depressing at that point. But Going back a little bit further, I followed James religiously through on Instagram through the 50-50-50. He was a big hero of mine. And I was like telling my wife back then, I'm going to go join him. She's like, are you crazy? Work's not going to let you off. And I'm like, no, I'm going to drive out there and join him because I was so intrigued by this. So when I heard that the Conquer 100 was happening and it was happening in our backyard, I was like, oh, man, 
I'm going to go out because I want to support this guy. He's a hero of mine. So I show up day one to go swim. And I remember being about four or five lanes over and I kick off the wall and I'm looking across. And I'm like, man, I'm swimming with James Lawrence in the same pool. <laughs> like it was this crazy experience. And I try to think about how others can understand that. And it's probably likening it to a huge basketball fan. Somebody who was like, man, I got to shoot hoops with Michael Jordan. Like that's how I was feeling in the pool. And that celebrity uh, feeling went away pretty quick because as I got to know him better, I was like, oh man, this guy is going to kill me because <laughs> we'd be out on like the trail and I, I showed up. I, it's funny. I have a picture of Danny and I and James on day three after the marathon all together. I'll have to text it out and show you guys, but it's pretty funny to look back on that. But I started to show up to some marathons and I was swimming every day. And I remember not too far into it, James is like, hey, you're out here running. You're swimming every morning. Do you bike too? And I'm like, uh, I used to. And he's like, well, then come out and do a full with me. And I was like, uh, yeah, maybe I will some, at some point. He's like, uh, how about tomorrow? And I was like, what? Tomorrow? I, <laughs> I literally haven't biked for years. I said, uh, I can't get off work. It's not going to work out. And he's like, okay, well, how about the next day? And I was like, dang it. I'm not going to shake this guy. He's going to just like <laughs> ride me till I, this happens. So two days later, I showed up. It was a cold morning. I didn't okay. have Pause. Pause. Is this the day you wore a full damn jumpsuit? Like it, yes. you were going to be a mechanic? <laughs> yeah. So no, dude, this was so funny. I'm like, who... Who's this clown in a full mechanic suit? Like he's going to change the oil pan on my lifted four by four truck. And I look over, I'm like, Bart, like, what are you doing? He's like, damn, it is cold out here. And I'm like, yeah, it's like 20 degrees. I've been cold every day. Welcome to my life. <laughs> but I, dude, I can't get this image out of my head. It's like this abominable snowman trying to ride a bike in this full, like snowmobile suit. And I'm like, what are we doing? <laughs> Yeah, that was the day. And <laughs> the bad part is, is all that clothing, it's not aerodynamic. So, oh, yeah, that's some drag. <laughs> we, I remember that day so vividly. We like headed out around the lake and we were doing pretty you good. Have a, do, you have a, do you have a picture of that? I need that. We got to put that. We'll put that in the show. You <laughs> that, got to send that. That's going to be the, the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> meet, meet the crazy, abominable snowman biker. Well, I remember you guys, we, we headed around the lake. We got to uh, Goshen. We turned around and Johnny Lloyd was like, because we had such favorable conditions with wind, I think it's heading the other way. We're going to go back around the lake instead of making the full loop. Yeah. But man, he was wrong. We, we started going back and the wind smacked us in the face. And my abominable snowman suit did not help, but <laughs> either did my weak biking legs. And you guys just dropped me and I rode like 37 miles on my own back to uh, Linden. And luckily you weren't transitioning as fast at that point because the minute I got there and got out of that suit, which probably took a lot longer than it should have, <laughs> I went straight to the trail and it was like, man, this day hurts. But yeah, that was the theme of this whole thing was you were always pushing us to do more, but I had no excuses because you were out there every day showing up. And um, I, I just wanted to be out there helping you because I knew how bad it was just from the single days that I was doing, like just the swim on a day or running uh, a marathon and swimming that morning. And I thought, how is this guy showing up every day? And truly I started to develop this feeling of like, how can I support him? And one of the most special days for me was on day 25. And I remember I had swam that morning, had a busy day at work. I wasn't able to go do anything else with you. And my wife is out of town. I just got my kids in bed and I'm checking in on social media. I look, I'm like, dang, he's way behind schedule. And there weren't that many people out there. And I just had this feeling like, dude, get out of bed. Like if he's out there, then you get there. And I knew 
me going out there wasn't going to change your night. It wasn't going to make much of a difference, but I just wanted to go out and give the only thing I could, and that was moral support. So threw on my clothes, got out there 1030 or whatever, did the last seven miles with you soaked to the bone in the rain. And I was only out there for seven miles. So I can't imagine what you felt like, but we were going ahead of you with flashlights to make sure you weren't going through these big puddles. Someone was trying to hold an umbrella over you, but that was one of the most special nights because it really um, was a turning point for me where it wasn't this starstruck, I'm out here swimming with the Iron Cowboy. It was, I want to go out and help my friend. Let me, let me just interject there. Um, the, so obviously, the point of our whole podcast is to try to teach people lessons in grit. And you just said something that I think most people miss. There's, there's hard things that we all do. There's hard, maybe your work's hard. Maybe your wife, like James says all the time, everybody's heart is different. One of the easiest ways to develop grit is by quit thinking about yourself and think about someone else. And I watched both of you do that. Like there was no reason for you to be out there. You're not getting paid for it. There's no notoriety for you. You crawled out of bed because you wanted to help your friend. Like that, the lesson in that is, is massive, man. Like that's such an inspiration. Like I just, I can't say thanks enough just because it affected my friend. Like, like seeing you guys stand up and help him like that is just, I can't tell you thanks enough. Like, super amazing well and the other thing that really impressed me about bart and his journey and is i mean he still had a family and he still had um his job and, and there was a couple times where he had to travel for a job or a family commitment and he went out of town and he would send me a text and he was like hey i can't be there for this morning's swim or i can be for this morning no no what it was is i can be there for this morning's swim um, but then i have to go travel i won't be there tomorrow i'll i'll make it up tonight and he would go to the pool that night at the rec center and swim 2.4 miles to make up to ensure that he made true to his commitment that he was going to do all 100 of these. Um, and so that went on a, on a day where he couldn't make it in the morning because of work or family commitments. He was like, I will make that up to you because I'm, I'm a man of my word and, and my word is my bond. And he would go and he would make those 2.4 mile swims up Um when he could and and sometimes it was super super late at night well it's, well it's amazing and I, i'm not just trying to pat you guys on the back but truly that's where grit comes from is staying true to your commitments like so many people they've, they've got an excuse and so they bail they're like oh I, yeah whatever i was on a plane sorry well no that's not that's not an excuse there might be something an obstacle in the way but you, you got to figure it out so, so bart that's kind of where where your journey started and i kind of convinced you to do um, more than maybe you had bargained or prepared to do. Danny, let's hear your version um, because I know when we started talking and you kind of came out of the shadows um, on the trail, uh, we, we did, we became friends and, and I really um, enjoyed our time together. And you kind of told me some of your goals and, and what you were doing and you were new into the triathlon space. You'd never done anything more than, than a sprint. And really the, your goal that year was to do a single marathon run. Um, how, did, how did we go from that to um, you towing the line multiple times and doing the full with me? Yeah, well, I think Bart has already spoken to your uh, keen ability to peer pressure. But uh, <laughs> just to We're give a little bit of <laughs> just to give a little bit of context, though. So, yeah, um, in high school, I just played team sports. I was not into running at all. I thought the cross country kids were weirdos. I didn't know what they were running for. Uh, I was more into, into football and I did do like sprinting and track. <clears throat> and then fast forward, um, I grew up in Nevada, but I moved out here to Utah to go to school and out of college. My very first job was uh, stocking shelves for Coca-Cola, who you actually spoke to yesterday. And, um, and then I got into car sales and then I got into inside sales. And as I was progressing through these different jobs, as ambitious as I was in high school and in college and planning out my future and everything that I wanted to do, I could feel myself slipping into just the day-to-day -day routine and slipping into the nine to five and uh, just giving up on a lot of dreams that, that I had had. Well, and first I want to say that's incredible maturity for someone in their early twenties. Yeah, a, lo a lot of times I, I see, cause I work with a lot of older CEOs and the whole range 
And that is a very mature early realization. People don't make that realization of that connection until they've really slipped and they're in their 30s and they're like, Ugh. or 50s or 60s. 60s. Yeah, yeah. It, it's and so con- one massive congratulations for being as mature as you are and making that realization early on and saying, look, this isn't my dream. This isn't who I am. And I'm not just going to realize that I'm actually going to take the action and make a change in my life, not only to better myself, but to, for the betterment of others. So just, yeah, well, no, I, I had that realization and, and I still had like bits of that ambition and I would read books. I was, wa- I was watching documentaries. I was reading about guys like David Goggins and Jocko Willink. And I was just always a- attracted to those top performers and what made them tick. And I just wanted to, to read or educate myself as much as possible. So then fast forward, we actually moved um, into our house in American Fork, which is much closer to you and, and where the project was. And my wife was working at the dental office with um, Aaron Wingman's wife. And uh, at that point, I had made some decisions to chase some goals. I didn't want to be stuck in in a rut where I felt like I was just reporting to nobody, not chasing anything, you know, no goals, no discipline, just not really a reason to to do anything. Um, so I decided to start running and I got some discipline and uh, it was just a really good way, a good outlet and, and a good way to, yeah, chase a goal, have something that I was going after. And um, Aaron's wife knew that I was getting into running and obviously had a close connection to you and said, hey, James is about to do this a big project and he's doing it right here in our backyard all of the course is right here in utah you should go out and and check it out sometime um and this was i think my my first time hearing about you that i remember i might have heard about it before but i was in high school for the 50 50 50 and i wasn't really interested in the endurance world at the time so i didn't really know how this went like i didn't know if we were just supposed to be like spectators like just like hang out on the side of the trail and watch you go by and then that was it and so I didn't really know like what does that mean how do I participate because I'm sure he's not going to let us like be there with him that was my thought Um, but then I remember following on social media and I watched day one and two and I watched people running with you and being there with you and biking with you and I was like wait a second this is a lot more inclusive than I had thought Um, and at that point because I was running a little bit I had some confidence my running ability mostly So I figured, hey, after I get off of work, I'm going to go pop on the trail, follow the GPS tracker and see if I can meet up with him. And you're right. I did hang out in the shadows a little bit, but it was honestly just I was just treating you how I would kind of want myself to be treated. And I'm just that type of person where if I'm chasing a goal, like it's not social hour, you know, like I knew that you were probably in the zone. You didn't need distractions. I just wanted to be there and just observe because that's just more my personality um so day three was the very first time that i i ran i think we did like five or six miles went back to the park and i said awesome what a great experience like what a good guy you know that let me participate in that and then i went home and i don't think i showed up at all the next day but on day five i think i woke up and i was like what am i doing i'm just gonna go and have this great experience with James and the whole group and then just what slumber back into my routine that I was so ashamed of and you know that was just like lulling me to sleep I have this guy that's doing this great thing right in my backyard he's including people and you know the thoughts started running in my head like I've I've been taught this whole time you are who you surround yourself with and I have this this awesome opportunity to surround myself with this guy for the next hundred days that he committed to, you know, it's not like he's going anywhere. I know where he's going to be every single day. So I might as well show up. So at that point I made a commitment to be there and, and you're totally right. It was definitely slow at the beginning. Like I just wanted to be around. Um, and I didn't necessarily need to participate, but it went from the run to showing up to the swim and then seeing your team function. And not that they couldn't have got it done without us, but they were doing a lot. They had a lot on their plate. So I just found some opportunities to to help in some small ways. Um, and then, yeah, our relationship got a little bit more serious. We progressed in our dating and yeah, uh, yeah we're able to become friends. But, but well, yeah, I, I, I know I know Sonny's not here to to voice her opinion, but I, I, I will express her gratitude um, because 
it, it's guys like you two that saw a need and just said, you didn't even ask. You just said, we're helping. And you just, you saw where the need was and you just started to show up. And, and I, we just can't tell you how much that meant. And Danny, you showing up every single morning and helping us with the, that, that swim part of it and flipping the numbers and doing, it was so, it was huge. And it, it, it just got to the point where in a project like this, it's the little things and it's familiarity that bring comfort. And I, I, I can't tell you, I, I know the, I know the corner, I know the curve and I would come around that corner. I'm like, there he is, there's Danny. <laughs> he's there. He's waiting for me again. Right. And same thing with Bart. I'd look over in the lane. I'd be like, yeah, Bart's here. We're going to be okay today. You know? And so it's just those things that got, became routine because you got it. I mean, for those of you that don't know the the Conquer 100 was a, it's a quarter of a year. That's a long time. Like to put that into perspective, that's Thanksgiving through Christmas, through New Year's, all the way through January, uh, and then and then Valentine's Day. Like that's a lot of things happen over a quarter of a year. While well, these, I was getting up every single day and doing a full distance triathlon, and to, and on those days where it was hard or difficult to have a friendly face, uh, to have that that support system, that little bit of comfort. You know, I would look for key players. I mean, Tyrell was obviously there too, and. It was on those days where I was hurting the most where I was like, okay, cool. Bart and Danny are here. Tyrell's here. I'm going to be okay today, you know? And, and that that became a huge driving thing for me. It became about community and, and just looking for those little nuggets in, in my in my extreme suffering. Um, but Danny, I want you to, you know, f- fast forward a little bit. I convinced you to do uh, uh, your first full full distance triathlon with me. Yeah. And it, it, it didn't go. Um, quite, quite the way that any, anybody wanted it to. So kind of, kind of break down that day and your experience, um, uh, on what, what that first attempt looked like for you. Yeah. So actually you're responsible for a lot of firsts for me. So within the, within, within the conquer 100, I completed my first marathon distance, um, no matter who you are covering 26.2 miles, no matter the pace, no matter the training, it's tough. So that was just a big mental milestone for me where it was like, man, when you have the right people around you and you have to understand before the conquer 100, the only race that I had ever done was a 5k. And when I brought my 5k medal home to my mom, she was stoked. <laughs> she was like, you're the coolest kid on the block, you know? And, and I was like, awesome. This is the pinnacle. Like I only have to have to run. I've arrived. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But then you show up around guys like James, guys like Casey, guys like Aaron as well. And, and the types of guys that James attracts. I mean, Mike McKnight was out there um, just like big athletes were out there and you start to get really, really small. And so my 5k was starting to seem less and less cool. And so I was just motivated and James didn't even say anything to me at that point about distances and covering stuff like that. It was just being around him, being the group, being around the group that that's attracted to him. Um, I just set out and I said, I'm doing the full marathon today. And after, at that point, I mean, from there on, I did a lot of marathons with James at that point. It was like, yeah, another marathon, another marathon on a Sunday when I don't have anything better to do. Like I'll just nail the whole marathon. So I started gaining some momentum there. Still at this point, hadn't done an official triathlon, hadn't biked more than 50 miles probably. So I went out one day and just did a big bike portion and completed a hundred miles just to get my first century ride out of the way. So that was my second first with James. And with that confidence, I approached James and I said, Hey, I'm thinking about doing a full distance. Would you recommend doing it like Friday or Saturday? When are you going to go really slow? You know, no, but I was just asking him, <laughs> just trying to plan it out. And um, in true James fashion, he said, oh, are you just going to do one? And he said, if you're, if you're going to do one, you should do two. And I was like, what is wrong with you? You know, why do you always have to take it to that level? I think I'm doing this big thing already by doing one. Um, but that's just the type of guy he is. And it's not because he wants to hurt you or anything, but it's just because he sees that potential and he wants to see you succeed and then just conquer your mind. So um, I had to work some stuff around, but we decided on two days to to go back to back. And yeah, the first day I showed up, I showed up early to the swim because I was a slow swimmer, but I showed up like a half hour early as soon as they opened the pool, jumped in, got some laps in beforehand, did the swim. And then about nine miles into the bike, I got a flat tire and that was kind of the theme for, for the two days. So it took me 
a long time. I don't even remember how long, probably eight or nine hours to finish the bike. And then I met with him on the run, finished the run with him, but then I had to stay after to finish the remainder of my miles, go home, wake up the next day. And I thought I was going to be toast. Um, but it, it was just a little snippet of what James was going through. I mean, I knew at least after that second day, I was going to be what, done. What, what day was it for me that you did your two? I think I did it. I want to say 67 and 68, maybe. Cool. Amazing. Yeah. So, so that, I mean, so impressive, man. That's amazing. <laughs> to, to Bart's point, it was like, if James is out there, I can be out there. And so it was just that, that confidence that you had. I mean, James, you're talking about the familiarity, like just knowing that somebody else is going to be out there that you can count on. It was the same thing with you. And you were that to so many people where people could come out and just do a couple miles, but they knew that you were going to be out there. You know, they yeah. knew you were going to be putting in the work. It makes a little bit of a difference being able to suffer with someone else, doesn't it? Like having 100%. a team with you that they're, they're there, they're supporting you. You both know you're in pain. It sucks, but you're still there together and you're just making it happen. I love that. Well, I, I really want to emphasize a point here where you were like, James is out there. And so I can go out there too and do this. Um, you know, and, and in life, I think this is a beautiful thing. And we truly have no idea when someone else is watching us on our journey. And, you know, I show a clip in my, in my stage presentation from day 80, um, which was a pivotal day in my journey um, where I was completely broken. And, and I, I, I literally pulled out my phone. I was going to give the public an update on how I was doing. I was going to be super upbeat. I was going to be super positive. Imagine this. I was going to lie on social media. <laughs> no, nobody does that. Nobody does that. And it's, I pulled it out and I just got so overwhelmed with emotion because um, I was, I was, a, I was a broken man. And I just said the words, I'm going to try. I'm going to try today. And then for the next 20 days to finish out the campaign, that's all I could do was show up and try. And um, we ended up raising the bulk of the half million dollars for Operation Underground Railroad in those last 20 days. And so I just want, I just want to ask the question to everybody listening, um, or, or maybe just the thought, um, when you're thinking about quitting, don't, um, and just have the courage to show up because you truly have no idea who's watching and the impact that you can have by showing up. And, and it could be your kids that you don't think are paying attention. It can be a spouse. It can be a distant relative. It can be a complete stranger that, that you don't know that is that is just passively watching you like maybe Danny in the weeds. Um, but but it's just <laughs> it's just something that's so so important to never give up on the journey that you're on because the ripple effect that we can have, the impact that we can have, a lot of times the journey that we're on isn't for us. And it's for other people and the impact that we can have. And so I, I, ju I just wanted to point that out, you know, your, your point of, you know, I was out there suffering and it gave you the courage to do it. If you're out there suffering, you're giving somebody else the courage to do something in, in their life. I'm going to do a quick segue here just because I don't I don't think this person knows that uh, who was watching. So there's there's an event that's an unsanctioned event, um, something that was honestly one of the hardest things I've ever done. It's an event um, in the Grand Canyon. We call it Rim to Rim to Rim. So you start on the South Rim, typically run down to the river, go up to the North Rim, go back down to the river and go back up to the south rim. Um, depending on how you do it or if you get lost in the dark, it's 48 to 50 miles, depending on if you travel straight. So I've done that multiple times now. And Bart, I know that you did that, but you didn't just do rim to rim to rim. What did you do? I did rim to rim to rim to rim. Oh yeah. my gosh. <laughs> you, you have no idea how inspiring that was for me. Like hearing that, watching that, like, I, I, I know you didn't know this because it's the first time we've talked about it, but dude, absolutely amazing. Like, let's just segue for two seconds and I want to come back to James, but like, talk about that for just a second. Like that's, well, what was your time like? Like, dude, that's incredible. Like, I, and just so people understand, like you're losing about 10,000 feet in elevation, but you have to gain that back. So you did 20,000 feet in elevation and roughly a hundred miles. Yeah, it ended up being about 106 miles and about 24,000 feet of elevation over the total with the loop that we did. But I had done rim to rim to rim multiple times before, I think twice before that. And it just hit a point where 
just again, you look at someone like James, like he did 50, 50, 50. And instead of going to like 75, conquer 75 or whatever, he went conquer a hundred and yeah. it's pretty amazing. So I was like, what are my limits and what can I do? And so I set out and did that this past April and I've talked about it in some other forums, but I won't lie. When I got out after doing the rim to rim to rim, I was puking in the parking lot. It was about 28 degrees up on top. I was shivering. I was trying to get food in my mouth, but my hand was shaking so bad, kind of like James was on that video in Salt Lake at the end of the 50, trying to get breakfast in him. And I couldn't even text my wife to tell her that I'd gotten out of the canyon on the first lap because I was just physically fatigued and there was another group and I went out a little too hot with the first group that was only doing rim to rim to rim and it I was just completely gassed at that point and I've told some people that sitting up there in that parking lot I had this choice of whether I was going to go back in and do it and I had somebody in my ear that had come down to um potentially pace us and he was like I don't think it's a smart idea I don't think you should go in I don't think anybody's going to care whether you do this or not and I just turned and I said hey I promised myself I was going to do this so I care so if no one else does at least I care and we headed back in and I basically had to go to a completely different place where I was just in zombie mode walking back into the canyon and it was honestly one of the hardest things that I've ever done, just the physical feat of it. And it took us about 41 hours, no sleep. We just went straight. And um, I just did rim to rim to rim again a couple of weeks ago, like two and a half weeks ago. And when I came out of there, I was talking with one of my friends that had just done his first R3. And he was like, I can't believe you would want to go back in. And I said, I didn't want to go back in. But I think that the lesson that I learned there is going down to do that R5. I had already committed in my head that I was going to do it. But on this last one, two and a half weeks ago, I had committed in my head to just do the R3. And so it seemed unfathomable two and a half weeks ago to go back in. But I think when we commit in our heads to something, then if we respect ourselves enough and care enough about our goals, then we're going to go in whether people think we should or not, or care about it or not. But I think we need to develop that self-respect to uphold our end of the bargain and the promises we make to ourselves. hundred percent. And I, I'm going to, I'm going to bring it back to James, but brother, I got to tell you, I was watching and it may have been only you that you thought at the time, but that impact was massive. Like dude, what you've done, inspiring for me, inspiring for your kids, inspiring for my kids. Like, so, so let's kind of bring it back. I, oh, hang on, I could hang, talk hang, to you guys all hang, day. Hang on real quick. What I loved about what you just said is it was the hardest thing you've ever done. And I think what a lot of people do in, in today's society, we look around and everybody's chasing down this path of least resistance. And, and I respect the people that choose to do hard things because it sets you up for success in other parts of your life. Because you're, you're now going to be able to look back on that experience if you get caught in a sticky situation and say, it's not as hard as that. And, you know, we were on the TV show World's Toughest Race and everyone was like, oh, is that the hardest thing we've ever done? And I'm like, it was eight days, right? And, you know, it says, <laughs> yes, it was hard, but it's not the hardest thing I've ever done. And so I challenge everyone that's listening is to continue to push your limits and boundaries because it makes everything you do more pleasurable and more enjoyable. And all of a sudden, your, your baseline for hard starts to move. And, and I love being a weekend warrior and going to do hard things because it's actually fun. It's enjoyable. It's easy because my baseline for hard is so high. I can now go do a lot of really hard challenges that are now a lot of fun and a lot of enjoyable, and I can enjoy them instead of suffering through them. And so the harder you push yourself, the, the more you raise the ceiling in your life the more possibility it is opens up for you to go do adventures that don't cripple you, that don't break you. So, so, so to bring it back and man, like I said, we could talk all day. Like we probably I need to do how a fast it's gone. I, I know, know. I'm like, crazy. we're almost out of time. We need yeah, to follow up. Um, <clears throat> we, we can go a little longer. Share, share with us. Like if both of you can just share, like think of, of one story 
that just inspired you? Something you saw or something that you participated in? Well, and before we close too, I need to hear Danny's perspective. Yeah, the that, that's the one I was going to go for. And that's what yeah. I was thinking. Like, so, Danny, you, you don't you mind. Go first, yeah. Like, I, I'm assuming that was pretty traumatic. That was traumatic for me, and I wasn't even there. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I appreciate you deciding to crash your bike the day that I was there because <laughs> it, it, it's going to make Just for a good for you, story. Buddy. I was like, how can I make this special for Danny today? <laughs> well, break so, my back. <laughs> the interesting thing about that was, I think it was day, what, 57? 59. 59. So, at that point, world record was broken. I mean, you were in a ton of pain, but every day we were just kind of having a party. You know, you started the line like, hey, let's go break a world record today. And we had kind of done the hard part. We were on on the back half of things. So it was was fun. And at that point, we were in a good groove. At that point, we were really close. So we were just making jokes and, and having a good time. Lots of people were joining us. And I think that day, for whatever reason, I was just subbed in as the driver. I don't know if I was signed up for that day, but um, I got in the car and we started going. And we went down and we started the the bike course, got down into Payson. And in Payson, you do three loops that cover a good amount of mileage. And then after the third loop, it's just your way back home. So um, I think the plan was to do like one loop, then stop for lunch. And then we do two more loops and then head back home. So I was just following in the support vehicle. We had gone, done the loop, taken a quick break to, to get some food in done both of the last two loops and then we were on our way out well on our way out um the the cameraman that was with me andrew he noticed that the gopro was having some issues and it wasn't uh, connected it wasn't getting any footage so he decided to take it off of the car we were on the way home anyway and so we did a quick stop and then um after he took the camera off i kind of gunned it to catch back up with you all so i caught back up to the back of the group uh, for whatever reason, it was a smaller group that day. And so I was right behind James. I think it was James, a lady, and then another kid. And, and those were the three that were just right in front of the vehicle. And I was just keeping a distance of probably like 10, 15 yards behind or something like that. And um, it was just a party. Like I said, I mean, it was day 59 and we were on our way home and it just seemed like another day. And the only way I can describe like what it looked like is like, they hit a landmine without the fire, like without the explosion or anything, but it was such a violent and dramatic flinging of objects that there's like no other way to describe it. A bike was up in the air before I knew it. People were going down, people were going down on top of other people. And my very first thought was it's over. And uh, I stopped the car, I got out, saw that James was one of them. And on that day, James was wearing a net gaiter. And uh, later into the project, he started wearing it above his nose uh, during the rides because his lips and mouth were just jacked up from, from all the wind and breathing and all that stuff. So he would wear the gaiter over his mouth to protect his lips and his mouth. And when I was walking up to James, he was on the ground and the gaiter had slid up over his entire face. And <laughs> I was walking up and I had no idea what I was going to find. I mean, I really thought, I was going to just pull it down that gator and, you know, half of his face was going to be missing. I had no idea. Cause, I, cause um, I'm a, that would have been an improvement. I, just I, to be clear. <laughs> I'm a good looking dude uh, because I, I got knocked out in this accident. And so mm-hmm. I'm laying there unconscious. I don't remember a lot of this. And then Danny comes in. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm the first one there because the other bikers were ahead, Aaron, uh, Jared, they were all ahead of you. And they finally noticed and they were on their way back, but I was the first one kind of on scene and so I came and I, I pulled down your gator. Luckily, I mean, I don't know how. We know later that you landed on the top of your head. But later, I mean, what I saw was just a little scratch on your nose and you just kind of like rolling your eyes and, and coming back to, um, you know, I look around and there's somebody else with blood on their face and like half of their lip cut. And it was just this violent scene. And my thought was, hey, we made it to 59. Like, that's awesome. Let's pack it up. You know, we're, we're all good. This is great. And so uh, at that point, Jared and Aaron had come, they were taking care of James. So I went and I was distracted and I was calling 911 and, and just trying to get the whole thing orchestrated. And within the time that I had checked in on everyone else and called 911, I turned back and they're putting James back on his bike and he's about to take off again. And I'm like, what is going, why is this guy back on his bike? What are we doing here? But it was such a testament to the commitment like Bart said, he didn't commit to 59 hard. 
you know, he didn't commit to 59, conquer 59. He didn't commit to 75. He committed to a hundred and we, it was going to, we were going to do whatever it took to, to get there. And so he finished out the bike. We had a little bit of a longer transition, understandably took a look at his helmet. It was all scraped up. Like he landed on the pinpoint of his head, um, got him undressed and stuff, but have you seen the helmet? I have? Oh yeah. I yeah. Have it. yeah. Yeah. Uh, his kit was torn on the side with, with where his hip landed and all that stuff. So Jared got some video of him on the ground, but um, it was, it was a big lesson for me. And honestly, the entire reason that I wanted to be out there in the first place was to be a part of moments like that, where you see the greatness actually occur. The greatness doesn't happen on the days like 40, you know, where we don't even remember what happened. Yeah. There were hard times and decisions that had to be made, but it was just a normal day. The, the greatness comes out on day 59 on day 80, when you decide like, you're just bare bones, stripped down, completely vulnerable. I'm going to try today. Those were the moments that I signed up for and why I wanted to be around because it's it's life-changing. You know, that'll stick with me for forever. And then I carry that commitment into everything that I want to do now. Yeah, 100%. That's amazing. All right, Bart, hit us, man. Bring us home. All right. It's hard to pinpoint a certain day. Like we had some fun moments in the wind and snow and rain. I I can't believe like anyone else would have quit. Like you think about some of the circumstances that we were in on the, the bike rides and riding on those pacing loops and like rain is just like dripping down my back and my shoes are sloshing because just, just real quick. Let me interrupt for a second. Those that have not seen the documentary yet or haven't read the book, like James strategically with the team planned this so that we wouldn't be in the hottest parts of the year. But that meant you started cold. So you guys got it all. You got freezing cold and you got smoking hot. Yeah, we got it all. But I think one of the moments I, that really sticks with me the most is it later on in the 70s. And James, I could tell he was going through some dark times then. And I was doing a full uh, triathlon with him that day. And we're riding along. And I remember him just being extremely quiet. and. I don't blame him because you're just in the zone, you're doing your thing. But I remember just noticing something was off that day. I, we were riding alongside of each other and I just tried not to talk to him that much because I knew that uh, it probably just annoy him. But um, this day I was like, Hey dude, are you okay? And I remember him, like usually he'd just be like, yeah, thanks for asking. But um, this day he like, turns and he's like dude I am struggling I'm in a dark place and he just was making comments like that and I just said hey what's going on and how can I help and he's just like I don't know it's just it's I'm in a really dark place so I said hey let's just focus on the bike right now let's just pedal it out and let's get to the halfway point and go get a drink and we're gonna get back on the bike and go pedal it out again. And then after that, let's go for a little run. And then you're gonna get home, you're gonna be able to take a rest. And um, it was really interesting that for me because we look at people like James and not that this conversation with them changed the campaign or the, the project or uh, not that I'm a hero for having this discussion with him by any means. It's just interesting to see that even these people out doing these hard things and they make it look easy like they're dying inside and they are struggling and it hurts and I think people need to realize that because I think they get the mentality of he's gifted he um, is special he's a, an exceptional biker just naturally and it's like no this guy is out there struggling he's out there putting in the work and it's hurting but he's out there doing it. He's showing up again the next day. And I was in the pool the next day. There he is again, like clockwork. So I think as people go through their life and they're faced with challenges, whether it's a endurance feat or a race or struggles with relationships or work, they need to realize that just show up. And like, we all struggle, but we got to go put in the work and be consistent in what we do. And that's how we're going to achieve success. Yeah, brilliant. hundred percent. I, I love that you shared that part of the story because it's, it's so true and relevant today. 
uh, and the reality uh, here, Bart, is that we, we're all human and we're all walking around and trying to navigate life. And, you know, I, I love social media. There's a lot of benefits that come from it, but we're all posting our best moments. Um, and, and I see a lot more vulnerability on there now. But the reality is, is, yeah, we're posting our best moments, but we're also all really struggling and trying to figure this out. And there's depression and anxiety and and death and, and illness and addiction and all these things that are happening. And and I think we we can all learn from, from Bart's example right here, where he he just offered some kind words and a little bit of support. And if, if I'm going to throw out a challenge, it'll be just 1%, 1% more kindness, 1% more empathy for those that they don't seem like they're struggling because we, we all are in our own unique ways. And, and I think if we all committed to that, could you imagine the difference and the impact that that would have if we all just committed to that small change um, just share a smile, say, say an, an additional thank you. Um, really ask with sincerity how the, how the, the person that's checking you on a groceries, Hey man, how is your day going? How are you? You know, I've, I've met a lot of people who are like their gas station disgruntled or just yesterday I went and got a Subway sandwich and the, she was not happy. <laughs> she was not happy. And, and I just, I just took a second. I just said, Hey man, how are you doing today, man? Are you, you doing good? And she kind of just stood up and was like, I could tell no one really asked her that. It was just like, hey, man, how are you? But I, I was asking, I'm like, seriously, how are you? Like, are you, are you doing okay? And I don't know what that ended up being if it, or if it was a shift in her day. But I think if we were to walk around with that attitude a little bit more, I think I think it would see a huge difference. So, Bart, I just really want to say thank you for, for having that perspective, being there for me. Um, because I was. I mean, I was – I know sometimes I – it's one of my gifts. Um, I, a lot of times I'm on training runs or big challenges and everyone's like, you, why are you, how are you like making this look so easy? And I'm like, I am dying on the inside. <laughs> and they're like, we have no idea that you're doing that. And so we really truly don't have an idea when someone is suffering to the level that they are, because we've gotten really good at putting on a face and, and posting our best moments because we don't want to burden anybody else with it. And I hope nobody thinks it's a burden to express how you're really feeling especially men um we we get into this we're we're you know mode Macho or pattern model you know it's not okay to share our feelings and i'm tougher you know i can do dude open up it's okay um everybody needs a good cry everyone needs a good friend um and a lot of people don't have that good friend and so i think it's a good good challenge for everyone to try to be that friend for someone else for that subway person that's making your subway sandwich um so i i just really really wanted to thank both of you for carving out some time for being there for, for me on that adventure. Um, I, I want each of you to share before we sign off here, I want each of you to share, you know, you just shared kind of an impactful moment that you had for you guys personally. Um, not, not necessarily that I taught you, but just having been part front row to the whole experience. What's, what's the, one or two number one takeaways that you took personally that you're um, implementing in your lives today that that you want to share the general audience to to put that into their life that maybe didn't get to have that front row experience. What did you learn? What's your biggest takeaways? Uh, I'll go first. So I would say number one would be the importance of community. Um, I I already knew about the idea of you know being the people that you surround yourself with, but I always kind of took it as, okay, I need to be the dumbest person in the room. And then the other five need to be the ones that I'm aspiring to be. And there's a time and place for that. And that's true. But you also need to be that for others at some point. And James, I mean, nobody was more athletic than you out there. You know, you were, you were that the pinnacle out there, but you, you brought so many people along with you and people that we're in low places of their lives at the time that they, they joined, you know, we know and have common friends now that were obese when this started and then have completely changed their lives around or were in a bad mental health space and have completely changed their lives around. And so building a community, a lot of times people don't need that raw, raw motivational speech, like singe their, their eyebrows, get in their face and, and tell them what to do. 
They just need to feel like they belong. They just need to get around this group that's positive and energetic, and then they can turn their own lives around. So I just learned a lot about like the goodness of people. And when people are, are going towards a common goal, we had people just run out and bring you food. Just, we didn't even know them, you know, but just because they wanted to participate and, and do something good. So number one would be the goodness of people that I learned and the importance of community. And then the second would just be like how much of our potential is untapped. Like I had mentioned, like I just kind of placed that roof over myself of a 5k. And if I hadn't met the right people, I'd maybe be doing a 10k right now, but I'd probably just be doing 5k's. But since that moment, since the Conquer 100, you know, we've done a marathon. I did rim to rim to rim with Bart. Now I'm preparing for another marathon and a 50 and a hundred miler. So it's just, if you're around the right people going back to community, um, your potential is untapped. Don't put ceilings above yourself unnecessarily because there's so much, so much more beyond that than you can even realize. I love it, man. That's awesome. Bart, what do you got? Some of mine are similar, just surrounding yourself with the right people you're going to learn and grow from them and and that happens so much for me on the conquer 100 and then again um, I, I don't think any of us realize what our true potential is because going back to my 2018 Santa Rosa full Ironman experience and thinking I had just hit the top and it was so hard for me I, I could only do one in a year and that was hard enough to doing those 18 with James some of them, I later on did two sets of three of them in a row, three days in a row, which two years before that would have been honestly impossible. Like <laughs> I couldn't have even thought about that. But Not impossible, you know, baby. <laughs> some coaxing from James and just like that example of like, man, if he can do that, like, what can I do? And it just is very inspiring, but also the power of a team. I saw that heavily with James and like Sonny and Lucy and his whole family and then friends like you Tyrell and some other people that came out and it was just inspiring to see what the team can do and like Aaron and Casey coming out as part of the, a big part of the team like there were so many people doing things in the background and I think it's a testament to that gentleman that just tried to beat James's record from the UK he went out trying to do it solo somewhat and you look at James and James is a strong guy but so much of this was a team effort as well and I think we need to realize that we need to surround ourselves with people that are willing to be those team members to support our goals and, and carry us forward and I, I'm just so happy that I had this experience to meet James and just be inspired because like Danny said, I've gone from doing that full Ironman to now I'm running a 250 mile trail race in Arizona in May. And again, these are all things that would have seemed impossible to me. So I know that people out there listening might be in Danny's 5k mode, thinking that they've hit their pinnacle at that point, but everyone has so much within them they just need to unleash it and surround themselves with the right people that are going to help support them to get there you i want to i want to share one of my own real quick and then uh let's have you guys kind of tell us how we can get how people can find you or if they can get to you and, and then i have one more question um so I, <laughs> my son i i actually love this i was obviously got a chance to experience a bunch of this with you guys um my son on day 48 um, he just announced to me that morning, we're driving to school and he's like, Hey, I want to do the marathon tonight with uncle James. Hey, I'll call him uncle James. And, and, uh, my daughter was with me. And so it was, I'm driving the kids to school and my daughter's like, why would you do day 48? She's like, why wouldn't you do day 51? Cause that's, <laughs> that's when you're breaking the world record. Like you should do day 51. And I didn't say anything, but I'm looking at my son. It's my middle son. His name is McLeod. He's 11 years old. And he turned to his daughter, to his sister, and he said, why would you wait when you could start today? And, and so that night we did the marathon, he completed the whole thing. And I was nervous as a dad. I'm like, oh, am I doing damage to my poor son? He couldn't walk for four days afterwards. <laughs> um, but I just, to those of you listening out there, like, there's no reason to wait, like start today. There's no reason not to start. If you want to build grit, you want to build determination and resiliency 
today's the day to start. So get out there. Um, James, back to you, brother. I love it, man. Um, you, you guys both talked about community and every single time I got off stage, people always say, man, you, you say the word we a lot. Um, did somebody else do the hundred or, and I was like, well, you have to understand I'm not the iron cowboy. We are the iron cowboy. And and that's why I say we, because I couldn't have done it without Sonny. I couldn't have done it without the wingman. I couldn't have done it without you guys. And so I, I trust me, man, my whole platform is we, 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 we are the iron cowboy. The iron cowboy is, it's not an individual. It stands for something. It stands for toughness. It stands for grit. It stands for resilience. It stands for teamwork. It stands for persistence, consistency, discipline, all these words that I love and that are my core values for living. And I want to finish with this, just one statement from each of you. Um, if you follow the journey, didn't follow it, you'll eventually find out that we woke up on day 101 when everybody thought we would be sleeping um, after the celebration, um, after I gave it everything I had and laid it on the line on day 100. Um, made a decision as a team to get up and do one more. And um, just just from your guys' perspective, what were your initial thoughts when you guys heard and found out that I was in in the pool on day 101 doing one more after the celebration everybody had gone home well I remember I think the day that you finished was like a Wednesday right or Tuesday Tuesday, Tuesday. and I think you had told me um what was it maybe the Wednesday before or the Thursday before you had let me know early that hey this is going to happen and we sent the kick to go get made and stuff like that and and again, it was a testament, it's similar to the the bike crash. You know, there, there's not necessarily a reason to go out besides what you committed to and what your ethos is, you know, what you live by. And personally, just recently, I've uh, done a lot of self-reflecting and I found myself, I do a lot of self-evaluation if you can't tell, but um, I think I found myself a lot more tied to goals and accomplishments and finish lines than I have or then I would like to be attached to the process and values and what I stand for. And if your whole goal was to get to day 100 and cross the finish line and get the accolades and the money and, you know, go out in a blaze of fire and stuff, then cool. You know, that, that takes a certain amount of person or a certain type of person. Um, but it also takes a certain type of person to just be committed to the process and the message and who you are at a core. And the person that goes out and does one more after that is the person that's more tied to the values and the message just wants to go out and spread that. So I think you're robbing yourself of a lot of happiness. If you're just chasing accolades and finish lines, commit to the process, commit to your values. And if you live those daily, then you'll just have unlimited happiness. Yeah, Dude, it's well, so crazy. Easy. You're in your early twenties <laughs> and to have this wisdom, like I was a frigging ass clown. If I can say that word <laughs> at your age. I'm just trying to figure figure out who who I was, and so I, I'm Danny. Just so Amazing. proud of who you are, um, the journey that you're going to be on. I, I can't even imagine the person you're going to be in your 40s um, if you continue to to make the decision, the commitment to show up in your life to continue to surround yourself with amazing people to understand that incredible concept of team. Uh, Bart, what what was your reaction? Well, I think a lot of people in life ask the question of like, what's the difference between good and great? and it's going one more the people that quit the people that um are good i guess they're the ones that do a lot but going one more is what separates the great from the good people 100 awesome man well guys I, I as you know i've i've got man crushes on you i can't i can't express my gratitude and appreciation to all three of you uh for for continuing to be part of my life to to set that example for giving me the courage to continue to up my game, knowing, Hey man, people are watching and it makes me want to be better. makes me want to show up more. It makes me want to continue to grind, makes me want to help more people. So guys, that that's our show today. It's, Every real, real quick, let me interject. Every tell time I, I find you, every every time I do a show, it turns into my favorite one. <laughs> yeah, tell us, tell us. I, mean, I know you guys are doing the go crazy. You got, you got a podcast. You're like, yeah. tell us, give us. Where can we find you? Thank yeah. you. Yeah, for sure. So inspired by our like my experiences, our experiences on the Conquer 100, um, we started a brand. You know, so much of of what we've talked about today is about community and inspiring each other and just finding people with with a common mindset. So. We started a brand called the Go Crazy brand. 
Uh, it's inspired by just the fact that a lot of times when you're chasing goals and have ideas and, and, you know, ambitious goals, a lot of times people will come out of the woodworks and call you crazy and try to change your mind and tell you all the reasons why you shouldn't do it. Uh, so our brand is just meant to encourage people to chase those goals and go crazy and not settle for average or just the regular experiences, um, just based off of like my, my own life experiences. So we have a podcast, the go crazy podcast, uh, Instagram, my Instagram is at Danny goes crazy just with the brand and stuff. But yeah, um, we, we love doing the podcast and having guests and stuff on there. So we're just hoping to grow it and, and I'll let Bart tell you where to find him. Love it. Yeah. You can find me on Instagram at the handle at bear Lee running bear is in the animal L E E running. And yeah, I've loved being part of the go crazy brand. Our true goal, like Danny is talking about is just giving back because we've had this blessing and opportunity to learn from people like James and others. And we truly want to help people help them find their potential and help them just grow in life and, and everything that they're trying to accomplish. Well, I'm, I'm going to echo James. I'm huge man crush. Like you guys are amazing. Thank you so much for spending time with us. Like I almost feel like we need to do episode two and tell more stories. Like mm -hmm. I, this is a life-changing experience and just thanks for letting me be part of it with you guys as well. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. We appreciate the love. Go and subscribe to our podcast. As always, follow us on all of our channels. All the links are below. And we hope you've enjoyed this edition of The Grit Show. We're out.